the show where we deconstruct lots of patriarchal religious bullshit. And in this episode, we are actually going to talk about the history of pride. We're going to talk about the Stonewall riots or the Stonewall uprising. And we're going to talk about a few things really quickly, just kind of going on in the realm that we live in as we talk about politics and religion. And one of the things that has come up actually pertains to the name of our podcast. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about if you follow us on Instagram, which if you don't, you should. (laughs) Actually, I think more people follow us on Instagram than listen to this actual podcast, but whatever. (laughs) As of right now. But there is a... And a music artist in the contemporary Christian space, and his name is Matthew West. And he came out with this song called Modest is Hottest, which obviously it sounds pretty close to Oddest is Hottest. You know, there's a reason for that. <laughs> that is where we derived the name of this podcast to kind of poke fun at some of those toxic religious ideals, which one of them being Modest is Hottest. He's not a creative genius here modest is hottest has been on t-shirts and bumper stickers and being used as a youth group fucking mantra for decades now this is not unique to matthew west here that being said he used it in a song to basically in a music video with his two young preteen teenage-ish daughters talking about how they need to wear turtlenecks because men prefer turtlenecks and they shouldn't, they should be less Kardashian, like less Cardi B. Like it was just really disgusting. And we posted something talking about how women are not responsible for the actions of men. And something that Christians do a lot is they blame women for the stumbling of men because of a verse, I believe... I could be wrong. I think it's in Romans. Basically, it says like men will stumble because of women, even though that's they don't talk about the verse before that or the one after that. It's out of context. But <laughs> the, all the blame is put on women and what they wear. But let me tell you something. A woman could be fucking in a nun outfit and still be raped or she could be that same woman could be naked and raped because the rapist is going to rape. Right. Correct. Nuns have literally been raped. Exactly. Happens a lot. <laughs> But this whole modest is hottest thing is harmful because it perpetuates purity culture, which is disgusting. And we've talked about that before and we will continue to talk about it because, you know, that's what this is built on. But rape culture and sexism within the Christian faith and this whole obsession with the female body beginning at such a young age, that builds this shame and guilt and this just gross like and I'm not even talking yes it's obsession from the the young men because they're drawing attention to the female body you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but also the women are just like oh is this showing too much like am I am I responsible for the way that I'm being looked at or if they are god forbid assaulted it's my fault I must have been wearing something to cause this that's what this perpetuates definitely I can't tell you I'm a I'm a bustier girl and there are many a time where I'm looking down constantly, like making sure I'm not going to show too much cleavage and people are going to be staring at me because that has happened. Right. And it sucks because some things just, and same for me, like you just can't win because things aren't cut for you. Exactly. And especially when you're bustier, it, it pulls the shirt down, like the weight of your breasts. So you're constantly showing more than you want. 
And who wants to wear a cami under absolutely everything? My mom always no bought me fucking camis and shawls and things like that, especially when we would go to church events, even if it wasn't a lot of cleavage. And I'm not saying you should go and completely like spill out of your top. There are times and places, you know, but I, also I'm saying, why the fuck not? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I'm like, maybe don't go to your grandfather's funeral with your tits <laughs> right. out. But if you did, like, I like whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? We need to destigmatize and desexualize these young girls. And their whole thing is like, we aren't sexualizing them. That's the whole point. No, you are sexualizing them. Literally. Yes, you, exactly. You are sexualizing them more than the fucking rest of us. Yes. And that's also, I. I know not everybody feels the same way I do on this, but I feel like it makes it even worse that this is their father doing this thing because then it makes me go directly to, do you just want to fuck your daughters? Like, why are you caring so much about what they're wearing? Are they turning you on at home? Well, it also brings up this thing where it's like, oh, there. I've seen this conversation a lot. It's like, oh, your uncle's coming over. Go put on longer shorts or your grandfather's coming over. Cover up. And it's like, why do they need to cover up around family members? Yeah, that's fucking you need, gross. You need to check your fucking family members if that's That's the case. what I was going to say. Like, maybe they don't come over to your house and your child's allowed to be who the fuck they want to be. Exactly. Then that's been something that's perpetuated. Like, even if there's nothing wrong with that family member, the the we need to tell our girls and our women or those in more female bodies, even if they don't identify that way, that they need to go cover up because a male figure is coming over. Even if there's nothing wrong, even if that male figure is totally innocent of these thoughts, just that whole thing that we've perpetuated that the this female or this female presenting body is doing something wrong is disgusting. And it comes from shit like this, this shit that Matthew West put out. Now, seven minutes before we started recording, he put out an apology and it's a fucking joke because it's not an actual apology. He doesn't fucking care. He said, I'm blessed to be the father of two amazing daughters. I wrote a song poking fun at myself for being an overprotective dad. And my family thought it was funny. First of all, if you look at his daughters in that video, they don't fucking think it's funny. Right. The song was created as satire. And I realized that some people did not receive it as it was intended. I have taken the feedback to heart wrong because this does not sound like an, a fucking apology. Mm -hmm. The last thing I want is to distract from the real reason why I make music to spread a message of hope and love to the world. Proud hashtag girl dad. Okay. Take the video down. Right. Exactly. You're exactly. And the thing is you didn't take it to heart because you didn't apologize for it because you, you don't feel sorry about it. And you said, it's just fucking satire. Regardless of why it was made, the message was clear and it was disgusting. Like, mm -hmm. and I've seen that defense a lot. It's just a joke. Calm down. We're tired of these offenses being made as jokes. You know what used to be a fucking joke? Calling people the N-word. We don't take that shit right. anymore. Exactly. That's not okay. Just because your parents used to make that joke or used to do these things or your grandparents. We're not taking that shit anymore. You want to call us snowflakes? That's totally fine. But that's just because you did some things that were acceptable then. We're not taking that anymore. Mm -hmm. So we're over you fucking up more and more generations and more and more kids. Stop it. Exactly. And that's the point. Like it was satire. No, it's harmful. Mm -hmm. It is harmful and it is, has lasting religious trauma. That doesn't go away. Like, I 
hope his kids get the taste of freedom that deconstruction from Christianity brings. And I'm not even saying like there are some Christians that have just basically come out of evangelical and now they're the more progressive Christians and they still get that freedom even if they're not like I'm an atheist now. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. But that's not this kind of household. I guarantee it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see those parents allowing these girls to do whatever the fuck they want. Right. And grow and learn from other, even religions. Exactly. So I hope that if that happens to these, I hope the best for his daughters. I hope that they are able to grow from this and they don't turn into girls like Girl Defined. If anybody knows who they are, they preach this horrible stuff and they're only in their 20s. I hope that they are liberated from this. And if they are liberated, he better hope for his sake they still want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm sure they will because, hell, I'm struggling with my mom right now and I still want to talk to her. Parent yeah. kids just want to talk to their parents. Yeah. Which is sad because you shouldn't be able to hurt your child over and over and over and still be rewarded with your child. But that's mm-hmm. the sad part about kids and parent dynamics you just want Mm -hmm. your parent exactly and no good faith parent like some you're like your friend's parent can as good intentioned as it might be can really take that place yeah definitely so that's what's going on with Matthew West and it's probably still up. I don't think he's going to take it down because I think he stands by his message. And I think most evangelical Christians do. And you don't even have to be evangelical or radicalized to believe that that's just an example. So, Mm -hmm. um, yep, it's still up. So of course it is. Yeah. And for me, I wanted to talk before we get into our main episode about something that's also religious that is not evangelical but it is catholic so if anybody has followed us from the exorcisters at all you have probably heard from me that i used to be catholic and i'm struggling with that but i'm trying to move on but i do still like did still like pope francis i think that he's doing amazing things for the catholic religion i think he's really trying until i came across this information and now i'm not not necessarily like the guy anymore So recently they have found mass grave of 215 indigenous children that were sent to those boarding schools, those tribe schools that they used to send them to. Thank you, residential schools. They found 215 mass graves at a Catholic residential school. The Catholic church never apologized. They won't even release the records so that parents can maybe figure out if they're if it's their kids or you know uncles aunts who who might be in those graves they won't even give the information on who those kids might be they won't help anyone out they even Canada it, it happened in Canada even Canada is agreeing that the Catholic Church did everything right so the indigenous people up there are getting royally screwed by this and it went on for a couple months and nobody got any help with this and recently two catholic churches got mysteriously burned down in the middle of the night and i guarantee you those people when they find the person that did it 
they're going to get reprimanded. They're going to get put in jail. But, you know, the mass grave of 215 kids, no, no, no. Like, they can just get away literally with murder, but somebody fucking burns down a church and we're not cool with it. And I'm, I'm fucking over the Catholic Church right now. This is bullshit. And the fact that the bishops right now are saying that if you are a politician who supports abortion rights, that you can't take communion anymore? What the fuck is going on? Can we stop with all this political polarization with everything? And also, this is like, I know that these, it wasn't like this specific area, but there are now seven, 751 unmarked graves at residential schools that they have found, which is the indigenous community. I, I'm just heartbroken. Absolutely. That is, that they is. were forced to go there. Forced. All kids were forced to go there. And then they weren't even taken care of. They were killed there. And now people can't even find out if the, if it's their kids, grandkids, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles. They can't even figure out if it's somebody in their family. That's wrong. Yeah. And these were operated all the way up until the 90s. Yes. Yes, like specifically I was... where one of these this these unmarked grave um, there are like like specifically where one of these was found these mass grave sites that was up operated until the nineties I think I know I was it was a show but I was watching Trickster on Shutter a while ago and the kid's a teenager now and his mom was talking about how his grandmother went to residential school and I'm like oh my god they still had it that recently but I guess yeah 1997 where one of them was was shut down in 97. That's fucking disgusting. Yep. Stop fucking controlling people. Well, they are... So Canada celebrates Canada Day, which is similar to the 4th of July on July 1st, and they're canceling a lot of those celebrations in protest of what just happened. Because we celebrate that kind of shit on stolen land, so... Correct. While they're still finding mass graves of their people. Correct. It's just like... One of the things that pisses me off here in our country is Mount Rushmore. Like, I, I literally refuse to ever visit Mount Rushmore. People be like, you want to go? No, absolutely not. Because it's not even a finished monument. And it was stolen. It was sacred ground of Native American people. And it was stolen to put a monument that's not even fucking finished on it. And then you were like, oh, yeah, but you can have the other side of the mountain that doesn't mean anything to you. I'm so fucking tired of us taking and taking and taking from them. Yeah, I just, I, it's, it's hard because it's like, there are so many things that are here in the United States and it's like everything we took and we took and we took and you want to pay these reparations so much. And it's like, how do you even begin to, mm-hmm. I just, I just try to listen. There is a yeah TikTok creator named Modern Warrior on obviously TikTok, but on Instagram as well. And he does a lot of really good. Now you can't be sensitive because I've seen so many white people get mad because he starts things with, Hey, colonizer. (laughs) I love that term. That is so much better. I'm sorry. than like cracker or something. Colonizer is that should be like the N word for white people. Well, colonizer. It's just true. Like it, it doesn't even like, he just says, Hey, colonizer when he's like, educating people that are specifically making an effort to not be educated or to combat his points. And he's like, you don't under like, 
it's like if you if you make an effort to educate yourself and to also be on the side uh be an ally it's like just listen just shut the fuck up and listen you know uh-huh so yeah but that's that's what's going on. We do record these the same week they release. So this is, we're recording this on June 24th. This will release on the 26th. So you're getting it in pretty real time, assuming you're keeping up with the episodes. If you're backtracking, welcome back to what was happening <laughs> this week. <laughs> right. Now, what is about to end is the month of Pride. And so we, before we wrapped up this month, wanted to talk about Pride. Now, LGBTQ issues or also GRSM as we will refer to it often because it is a much more encompassing term I feel like because mm-hmm. LGBT could also be LGBTQ or LGBTQIA or LGBTQIA plus there because we want it to be all encompassing but GRSM is gender romantic and sexual minorities and I also think that just kind of covers like the gender spectrum the romantic spectrum and the sexual spectrum which all kind of fall under that umbrella. Yeah, I really like that one a lot more because I agree with you. I feel like it encompasses everything. Right. And LGBT plus or LGBT, most people accept that as well and understand Mm -hmm. they fall under that. Another one I like is the Alphabet Mafia. That's another one I see because it's like LGBT, you know. Because we keep adding letters, alphabet, got it. Yeah, or we add it to, yeah, whatever, you know, term you see. Yeah. It's just kind of whatever somebody's preferences is how they phrase it, but Alphabet Mafia as well. So I we wanted to bring up the history of Pride because there's actually a lot of interesting stories about Stonewall. And we're going to talk about in the United States specifically the history of Pride and the history that we and the discourse of the fight for gay liberation, GRSM liberation and rights. Because it's very recent, happened around a similar time as civil rights movement did. And they fought alongside for civil rights as well as their own rights because they were, I mean, up until the 1960s, it was illegal in every single, every single state except Illinois to be gay basically. So, which is when you think about it, and this is what drives me crazy. People that aren't, listening or paying attention and people don't people that don't want to accept that there are still race problems and discrimination on the basis of race and sex and sexuality it's like it happened so long ago get over it no it fucking didn't Mm -hmm. right exactly people feel like time was so far away but it really fucking wasn't I mean, I watched a documentary that PBS did. It is free on Amazon Prime if anybody wants to watch it. It is called Stonewall Uprising. Really good. I highly recommend it. And these people that were telling the story were at Stonewall. So it's not that long ago. And people that marched for in the streets during civil rights are still alive. People that went through segregation are yes. still, they have Instagrams. Yes. There's two that actually got me recently on Instagram and they were like, they like blew my mind to think of one of them was the little girl in, I think, it, I don't remember which school she desegregated Arkansas. I feel like she was like six or something. She is 62 years old now. Okay. Things are not that long ago. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why it also it's Ruby Bridges Hall that you're thinking of. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. She's on Instagram. 
And that was the, when, when you see the images of her being escorted as the first black girl to go into a school that was desegregated. She's in her sixties y'all. Like my mother is young (laughs) sixties. Right. My mom is literally her age. So it's not that old grandparents like literally lived through sometimes when I see patients at work and they're in their eighties. And like, I have, I had a black patient today. She was 80 years old. Literally she had a a hat on that said Jesus Christ. It was pink and bedazzled. And she had a teal pepper spray hooked to her. And I was like, she is armed with pepper spray and the Lord. She was like, (laughs) she got this <laughs> this but i'm i think about the history like what she has lived through and i'm like how do people not understand especially i am from the south especially mm-hmm. in the south and so when we talk about pride it's very similar so i was fucking in college when the queer people and gay people got the right to fucking marry it was 2012 during the obama presidency I heard that one recently. That was interesting, too, that it was once again on Instagram and it caught my attention. It was that gay people have had the right to marry longer than the Confederacy was a thing. Oh, yes. So let it go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're still seeing flags and all of this fucking get the fuck over it. Or the fact that I was watching a Civil War documentary recently. The last person who fought in the Civil War died in 1959. And then what we're going to talk about in a minute the Stonewall riots was 1969. Only a decade later, how how much of a difference did that man see in his lifetime? Yeah, the the concept of time is so insane. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just going faster and faster. I know. Like, I can't even imagine what our kids and stuff are gonna live through, or us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with global warming. Global warming. <laughs> So yeah, uh, the it was illegal first of all, and they compared homosexuality to being as dangerous and contagious as smallpox back in those days, and it was even a dishonorable discharge in the military. I mean, th- it was so, and that's another thing why we still see so much disdain for homosexuality yeah that makes sense with it being so recent i'm not saying it's good but it being so recent it makes sense like you still you gotta wait for like three generations out at least to not get those prejudices anymore like you're hearing from your parents then you might be hearing from your grandparents you're gonna still carry some of those right like two-thirds of americans looked on gay people with disgust and fear there were even newscasts where they would they talked about gays going underground and it was called a crime and it was they were going gay people were going to theaters and they had all these had to have all these secret meeting places because they were literally be followed by cameras doing exposés on the underground gays and they'd be followed by cops and entrapped by cops and it was disgusting and the straights basically held assemblies threatening children, school children. They said, you, if you end, do homosexual things, you're either we're going to catch and arrest you or you're going to live a miserable life. And then, of course, they'd pull the whole hell card. 
you know. So no wonder all these, you know, gay men and women have had terrible love lives with, you know, the wrong sex partner. That's so fucking sad. Stop fucking up kids. And that, and we'll talk about that. It still happens. So especially if you look into extremist religion cults, like the Mormon church, (laughs) for example, the Mormon church will say, oh no, you can be gay. That's okay. We accept that. You just can't live that lifestyle. So you can Mm -hmm. be gay as long as you marry a woman and have children. What kind of fucking life is that? That's fucking terrible for everyone involved because then, I don't know, what if that man on the weekends wants to go to a fucking, I don't know, go fuck some guy and the wife knows about it. Like, you're just not making anybody happy in that scenario. Why the fuck are you doing that? Or the fucking, like, deprogramming camps that they send gay kids to. That's so fucked up. So I have some information on that as well. No, actually, I wasn't going to talk about it in this, but no. <laughs> well, just because you brought it up, I didn't really think yeah. about it, honestly. So deconversion camps are just a trigger warning. I feel like we should just do that for all our episodes. Right. But I want to put a, a trigger warning right here before I talk about this. I followed a couple of people that are victims of these. They go as teenagers and their parents send them off. They will literally make a gay man and a lesbian woman have sex together that is rape on both ends yeah like for both of the no like they're both victims yeah that's so fucked up yeah like a mat like it's awful plus i am not i'm not trying to be gross here i'm trying to be honest because of the things that do happen to our kids just with priests and stuff like that you can't tell me that taking your kids to a gay conversion camp that there aren't fucking counselors and shit there that are gay that are going to molest these children you cannot tell me that that doesn't exist because i won't believe you right absolutely there will people be abusing their power all the time yes absolutely and back in the 60s they were having council meetings to tell everyone to call the police and turn these people in and then they would be doxxed in the major newspapers and their lives would be ruined if they were found out there was no coming out in these days you know there were people and this is all this information i'm getting is straight from the mouths of people that lived it Mm -hmm. when i say there was no coming out that is straight from the mouth of someone that was there Because you, and there were people that would be brave enough to do that, but most of these people, I mean, you couldn't, I mean, you would, you could lose your job. This wasn't something that was protected by the government. You wouldn't, you'd be labeled a, a predator, you know, you would lose your house. You could, your landlord could just evict you. Yeah. I mean, I know we haven't gotten there. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but even after the year after the Stonewall riots happened and they had the first Pride Day, that that wasn't like a whole exciting event. It was literally just a... It was terrifying. Yeah, like exactly. These people still could have gotten arrested. They were literally just trying to be there for what happened the year before. They weren't partying. They weren't excited. They were just marching in the street. Like, that's that's still so scary even a year after you think that this amazing event happened or potentially happened for you that it's still scary and it's still scary today 
absolutely. I mean, one of our best friends, I will not name this person, has not talked to their parents in a decade because they were kicked out of their extremely religious household and they do not know their parents because they're gay. And another one of my friends, their sisters know that they are gay, but their parents do not know. And this person is almost 30 Mm -hmm. because of the fear. And I mean, I myself, like I identify as pansexual, so I consider myself a queer woman, but I have the privilege of being in a heterosexual relationship. My husband is a cis man and I am a cis woman. And so I have come out publicly, but I never have had that conversation like directly with my mother because I I was always able to avoid that discomfort because I never had to bring home someone that was not mm-hmm. a heterosexual man. Like if I had done that, obviously we would have had that conversation. Now, does she know? Yes. Because right now I have a profile picture on Facebook <laughs> with my pansexual flag colors on it that says pansexual visibility. I know she fucking sees it. She's just ignoring it, <laughs> but we've never had to have that uncomfortable conversation. And that is a privilege that I have. Right. Exactly. But for gays and lesbians and transgender people, they come out or they live hidden from their loved Mm -hmm. ones, which either side of that is scary. And it's okay to not be ready to come out. That's okay. You don't, nobody says you have to. One of my friends, like I said, they have been living for 30 years and they are not out to their parents and they just don't live near their parents and they live their life. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's still there's still always going to be that element that they can't share with their parents, you know? Right. Exactly. But then I wonder, like, this is nothing against them. It's totally against the parents. But what do you wonder inside when your kids don't bring home a husband or a wife and have grandbabies for you? Like, what do you wonder then? Yeah. I d- do it's you not definitely- think about it? <laughs> It's definitely your responsibility to love your child unconditionally yeah. and, and you will, you are failing. Yeah. If you do not. Like absolutely. if you're not even asking why, why do you not have somebody to know? Like, okay. in this, why do you not have a husband? Why are you not dating a man just to find out that your daughter is a lesbian? Like then shame on you for not being a parent who even questions or cares about your child's life. You know, another one of my best friends, she is dating a woman. They live together and she literally went through hell with her parents because they found out literally one day they had suspicions because they didn't think that she had a roommate, but it was suspiciously a one bedroom apartment, you know, but (laughs) right. You know, she kept saying, no, we're just roommates, whatever. We just have to share the space because this was all that was available. Her mom came home one day or came to her apartment to check on her because she wasn't answering her phone calls because they're extremely Catholic. And she was fucking wearing a shirt that says, nobody knows I'm a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the way to come out right there. And (laughs) that was, it took years and years and years and years for them to come around years. They could have said abs and they did for a while say, you're going to hell. This is not acceptable. But yeah. now that they have come around, they do they her girlfriend comes around them. They get her girlfriend's gift on Christmas. They stay with them when they come to town. So 
they may still be uncomfortable, but they came around and now they accept that she's going to be with a woman. And had they not, they would have lost their daughter. Yeah, absolutely. That's something. So he's not anymore. But when I first got together with Connor, his family is very home, like homophobic. And he had a little bit of that. And thankfully, being around me all these years, I love like I am bisexual. So he had to deal with that. But he is way more comfortable with gay people. And I told him, I was like, you need to get more comfortable with this. Because what if we have a son who comes home one day and tells us he's gay? Are you going to disown him? Because I'm not cool with that. Like, I will leave you. Absolutely. And it's hard to break out. We all have these ideals that we have been brought up with from our parents. I was raised by two Republicans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, fuck that shit, you know? <laughs> right. But we can all do better as we're exposed to more things. When you're a child and your mind is being molded by hate, mm-hmm. it's hard to shake that. But once you get out into the real world, it's your responsibility to remove these prejudices and address them. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, okay, you know, c- great. And there's always room to learn and to grow. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're exactly right. I think that it's unfortunate that these homophobic people have gay kids and it's like, why couldn't you give them to me? Like, I don't want kids, but you know right. what I mean? Like, I will take right. your fucking kid. Like, God, you know? Yeah, exactly. Throwing them out on the street because they're gay or sending them off to these camps and stuff like that. And it's like, that's child abuse. How oh, is that absolutely. not child abuse? It absolutely should be, but they're protected by religion. Yeah. And fuck that. I'm so tired of religion protecting anti-vaxxers and you abusing your kids. Absolutely. That's like, if I get into the foster care system at some point, like I'm not, you can't like specifically look for any certain type of kid really. But like, I kind of hope the universe puts me with a kid that's been like, not, I I just want someone that I can share a lot of like love and acceptance with, you know, cause mm-hmm. that might not find it elsewhere. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So back to Stonewall <laughs> or this, <laughs> this era. So they would do undercover operations of no gay meet, known gay meeting places and would arrest people there. So entrapment, basically. You'd be fired. You also could not be any sort of licensed profession. So think about that. What's licensed? Obviously, doctors are licensed. Mm-hmm. Fucking cosmetologists are licensed. Hmm. Manicurists. If you think about licensed professions... I mean, even certain maintenance workers have to be licensed by the state. Yeah, it makes me think of, uh, yeah, it makes me think of, I know this is, again, another show, but American Horror Story Asylum, you know, she, Lana Winters is a psychologist, or no, she's a journalist, and she has to stay under the radar because she's gay. Like, how sad is that? Yeah. Before Stonewall, there wasn't, like I said, being an out-of-the-closet you were just not in a relationship with a member of your own sex, at least out in the open. Obviously, there was a lot I down low, but you mm-hmm. could find a small community in places like New York and L.A., but it was always difficult. In New York, in Greenwich Village, a place existed that GRSM people could congregate and have community, not behind closed doors, but they were 
like have nothing to lose types is what this person described it as. Like they had been kicked out. They had lost their jobs. Like at this point in their life, they were like, I have nothing else to lose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to this place and I am going to be with my own people, you know? And they had basically one block. Okay. And that's where they did have gay bars and they could hang out. That being said, everyone knew where this was. So where do you think the police would go? Exactly. And where people would basically go, they literally were talking about how people would go hunting. Gross. Yeah. To hurt them or to I'm sure there was some murder, but it was mostly like just to perf- like to do a hate crime, basically, you know? Yeah. Mark Wahlberg fucking did that shit. I'm <laughs> like, I don't know if you know that or not. I do not, but I am not fucking surprised at all. He's definitely a hood. He did it to, I think, one Asian person and one black person. It was racially. Yeah, motivated. I hate Mark Wahlberg. Like, honestly, I kind of like his brothers. I used to watch Wahlbergers. I like Paul and I think Donnie's funny, but I think Mark is a prick. Yeah, he tried to get it uh, wiped from his record, and they were like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) So, and they had to live by these ridiculous fucking laws. Three articles of clothing had to be of your gender if you were in drag, or you had that's so fucked up of your gender, or you would be arrested. They would do genital checks. Did you know? Yes. Did you know that there are people that want that done now? what for yeah the right is so upset about transgender youth and people in general going into whichever bathroom they choose and playing sports that they want genitals checked you check my kids genitals i will fucking sue you as you should and probably beat the shit out of you absolutely not that is not fucking okay that is trauma. I'm so tired. Oh my God. Once again, I was watching something on Instagram. I just had like a day where I was all over it. And he, it was a guy and he was trolling an anti-vax rally. And one of the women was talking about how this is, this is my body. I'm pro-choice. That's why I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm pro-choice. This is my sovereignty. And it's like, yeah, you use that excuse on you. But as soon as it becomes about abortion or about genital checks, it doesn't fucking matter. Fuck you guys. Fucking hypocrites. Yeah, ask her if she's for abortion. She's going to change her pro-choice stance real quick. Yeah, exactly. They would put cops in drag to make arrests. How is that? Oh my god, you fucking hypocrites. The entrapment was really bad, yeah. And they would especially do it in bathrooms. They'd hide behind walls and urinals to catch sexual exchanges. The cops would. They raided... All the bars, the meeting places, the clubs, they'd flip the lights on. People would go against the walls, give them IDs, and they would clear the place out. 500 people per year were arrested for crimes against nature. So being gay. Up to 5,000 arrested for like bullshit loitering charges just in New York, just for existing in the gayborhood, basically. Did you just call it a gayborhood? I did, yeah. That's what I love that. I didn't know that's what it was. I love that so much. Yep. So Dallas is where I'm from. The neighborhood is the Oaklawn area, and I know that Denver has a neighborhood as well. But most people have a neighborhood. Yep. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm so happy now. Like 
I'm gay. <laughs> I'm like, glad that you bestie. like, I'm glad that you learned about a gayborhood. <laughs> yeah, that's adorable. So the mafia actually owned most of the gay bars. Oh, and, yeah. they Well, they owned all of New York. Like, <laughs> Well, the biggest reason they had to own the gay bars is because the city would not give liquor licenses to gay bars. Yeah, that makes sense. And if they did, they wouldn't keep them for very long. So the mafias would come in, make deals with the fucking police force, because the police force is fucking dirty, right? Mm-hmm. And they would operate the bars. Stonewall itself had a super grungy, dirty reputation because of the mafia present. So they would water down the drinks and they were serving super subpar mm. quality. But it was a refuge from the streets. Mm-hmm. It was things better than that. Exactly. It was a chance for them to show affection, find love. And one man in the documentary said he knew it wouldn't last. They also had to create their own sexual spaces. Now, this is really sad because... If you think about it one way, some people will, because I know some people are like, well, they're having sex publicly. Fuck off. The straights had hotels, motels, drive-ins. You think they weren't fucking in public? They fucking were. Right? Like, True. Look at drive-in movies. Come on. Shut up. That's I've had true. sex in a movie theater. Get over it. <laughs> All right. So... What they did was they used trucks and truck yards. So they weren't just doing it out in the middle of the street. I'm not saying people didn't. But what I am saying is they used these trucks. They are were big, like, 18-wheeler, like, the backs of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And that were used by the meat industry to move butcher products during the day. But at night, they were empty, and they would use these trucks for sex. Because okay. they didn't have anywhere else to go. The cops would raid them. They would run from, like, the the men would, and occasionally the women too, but they would run from the cops, but they would be caught, arrested, and often beaten. The Mattachine, sure. Yeah. The Madison Society was the first gay rights organization, and they were scared the FBI was following them. Oh, my fucking God. Just let people be themselves. Yep. They got the mayor to agree to no more police entrapment. They started demonstrations. Like, it feels like, just an aside really quick, it feels like that goddamn, you know, she doth protest too much. Like, are you gay? Is that what you're closeted gay? That's why you're so fucking bothered by this? Right. Like, get over it. it yeah. It literally affects, it does not affect you. But they were like, they're going to teach our kids to be gay. You have to remember that it was a fucking, it was in the books as a mental illness right that they 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 literally were putting in documentation that it was fucking contagious that's so like through the water that's ridiculous well they were like it's just as contagious as smallpox like (laughs) it's fucking not oh my god yeah i bet the uh, anti-vaxxers would take that vaccine the uh, anti-gay vaccine yep yep one of the signs just said homosexuals are Americans deserving rights. That's all it said. Like literally all it said. Like, yeah. 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 (laughs) Correct. (laughs) So their goal was to legalize homosexuality. That is all it was. They had to start. They literally had to go on broadcasts and papers. They had to say, explicitly say they did not want marriage or adoption. They just wanted to exist. Oh, my God. 
Like they were like, we don't want marriage. We don't need to be married. You don't have to worry about us coming for your marriage. It's like us nowadays with fucking, we just want a living wage. Like, yeah, we just want to survive, not actually make progress in our lives. We just want to, will you just give us that much, just that little piece? Like we're begging for it. Can you make it like, you know, how we haven't raised the actual like margin of living since like the 70s, you know? Yeah. Since Stonewall. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so because of re-election campaigns in middle class America being shaken by hippie movements, which they were pissed off about in civil rights movements, most people were very supportive of the crackdown on gays. Of course. People were coordinating attacks on gay people with walkie-talkies. Like I was mentioning earlier, they would hunt them down. They were very like going to their politicians and being like, so how are you going to stop this? How, what are you, you going to do? You know? So the Stonewall was raided uh, on a Tuesday night. Usually the mafia would pay off the cops to raid on a not busy weeknight. So just one Tuesday night before the Stonewall riots, it was raided. So these people did not think that going out on a weekend that they would be raided again right mm-hmm. but it was so the cops came in and started doing their normal thing roughing people up they flipped on the lights everyone against the wall get out your ids you know being fucking cops mm-hmm. yeah out on their fucking power trips right a crowd formed outside as cops started raiding. The paddy wagon pulled up. Which is also such a fucked up turn, by the way. Like, as an Irish person, that offends me. Right. That's just what they call it. Like, I in know. a documentary. <laughs> I, I know. I know. No, I know. But it was called that for so long because drunk Irish people were thrown in it all the time. So, fuck you. That was it. That was it. That, yeah. I was just bringing that out. If it helps you, in my notes, I just put the cop wagon. <laughs> and there you go. It w- This time was just different. So Howard Smith was a journalist on that street, and he saw the commotion outside and saw that people weren't just taking it this time. Good. So We need ha- to get to that point again. Yeah. Howard Smith identified there would be a riot, and he grabbed a press pass because he thought if he had a press pass, maybe the cops would let him kind of go in and out of the stone wall and get some information. Mm-hmm. So first they started throwing pennies at cops because coppers get it. <laughs> nice. Here is where, and I listen, people might be mad at me for this, but this is fucking you. This is a fact. And this is what gets murky about the history of Stonewall because we want to create a narrative that makes us feel very warm and fuzzy, even if it's not true. And that's just humanity. But we, yeah. we demand better of the right and we criticize them when they don't do this. So we need to make sure that we get our facts straight as well. So a lot of people think that a black trans woman started the Stonewall riots And I also thought that because especially if you get on TikTok and you read all about that, you would assume that that, that's true because so many people are telling that story Mm -hmm. of Marsha P. Johnson. 
Mm-hmm. Marsha P. Johnson was an activist and was an incredibly outspoken activist advocate for gay rights. Johnson was not actually a trans person. Marsha Johnson was a drag queen. And Marsha did not start the Stonewall riots. Marsha has said themselves in an interview that they did not show up until two. Ooh. So they were not there. They did. They were at Stonewall. Participated. But participated. But they were like, oh, we got to get there. We got to go. Right. Okay. Yeah, because I heard a lot of people, once they heard the, the word that shit was going down, showed up after. They did, yes. Okay. And and obviously, again, I am not discounting Marsha P. Johnson's involvement in gay activism and mm-hmm. LGBT liberation because they were an incredibly important figure. But it's funny because if you listen to Marsha, she's like, I don't know, like, if I threw anything, I just showed up, you know? like, <laughs> But... There actually is a story of a lesbian and everyone that was there has repeated this story and everyone in this documentary did as well. A very masculine lesbian was getting harassed by the police and she started yelling something along the lines of stop standing around, do something, do something. And then she got them riled up and they started doing something because the cops were being so rough with her. So it, it was a lesbian woman. That's right. And That's right. You go, girl. Yes. She was saying, what are you doing? Do something. Because she was being so roughed up. And so they did. They started throwing pennies at them. They started telling the cops how good looking they were, grabbing their butt. <laughs> I love that. Making oh, them miserable for once is basically what they were saying. And so also on the inside, they had barricaded the cops in. And they started basically rioting outside, and these cops were fucking terrified. I love that. Good. Turn it on its head. Fuck you guys. If you watch this documentary, they did interview one of the NYPD cops that was there. Oh, shit. Really? Yes. And you fucking hate him the whole time. Oh, so he's a fucking prick still. So at the end, he because he's very elderly in this documentary, obviously. But at Mm -hmm. the end, he does say, you hate that you were a part of it because you know it's wrong. But uh-huh. he didn't do anything about it. And that's the problem with cops. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. You're part of a broken system, but you don't do anything about the system. Fucking quit. Well, Fucking that's, quit. that's the problem with humanity and honestly, mostly the patriarchy because they are the biggest ones of, oh, that guy's doing it. Well, then I can't be the one to stand out. I've got to join the good old boys club and just keep going along with it. Exactly. Which is how we get Donald Trump. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So. But they started, they actually even started a kick line. And everyone's like, was that a myth? And they said, yeah, because we started many kick lines. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Someone started a fire and some trash cans got caught on fire. And the crowd was actually joyful because the cops were barricaded inside and the oppressed were winning. It was six cops versus several thousand. Yes. Until That's exactly it. We outnumber these people. Stop dealing with this crap. Shh. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Kidding. Sorry. Sorry. You got to put us on a watch list. <laughs> we kidding. bisexual people, not revolutionary. I'm not talking about that. 
the LGBT. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what you mean. It's fine. You don't. You don't. You don't know. You don't know. One of the yeah. men in the documentary said he, and he's this man is probably in his fifties at this point, and he said, and he had tears in his eyes, and he said, "I wanted to hurt them, if not kill them, for all of the anger I had inside of me, for all of the torture they had caused me." I fucking bet. I can't imagine how many gay, lesbian, bisexual, like, I can't imagine how many people back then, especially, just got killed by these cops just going overboard. Can't even imagine. They still fucking do. Exactly. Like, it still happens, let alone the fucking prejudice and racism back then, which was 20 times worse. Right. And then they came in riot gear. Of course they did. Now, one man, you'll love this. When they went to put him in the wagon, he put his feet on either side. He propelled himself off of the van, knocked the officers down, and everyone else in the van escaped. Yes! Oh, that yeah. makes... Teamwork! Oh, that makes me want to cry. You're like, ready to go! <laughs> <laughs> the way the streets were, and the way the block was in front of the stone wall, the mobs could split up go behind around and surround the cops and a bunch of them started like like i said to dance kick line and sing (laughs) and that's what did it the cops started beating them when they started doing that once they started doing gay shit Mm -hmm. oh my god one of the men said when they started lighting trash cans on fire at that point and threw it at the police, it must have been terrifying for them. I hope it was. It gave them a little bit of what they have given me my entire life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So after the Stonewall riots, the Black Panthers, anti-war activists, for the first time in non-gay people, joined the fight for gay rights. The second night of the Stonewall riots became more violent, and that's when the cops brought out the tear gas. So it wasn't just one night. Mm-hmm. The Stonewall riots lasted for more. It obviously started out on that one night, but it was a multi-day thing. But that night, sticks, you know, th- they started beating um, with nightsticks. People were bleeding out in the streets. And it didn't stop after that. You hear people, and they had video of people, you know, chanting gay power. And it was, it, this is, it was really powerful. Like by the end of this documentary, I was crying. <laughs> I bet, I bet. It was really good. And a lesbian in this documentary said, there's a place for violence. It's the way history has always worked. There's a nicer way to do it, but the nice ways, uh, there are nicer ways, but the nice ways don't always do it. Mm-hmm. Fight Absolutely. Back. Like eventually we sadly as a species want to get down to violence. Yeah. Stonewall was not a major story, and something they were saying is it would have been had it been a race riot, but because it was Mm. a gay riot, it was not a major story at the time. Now then, they proposed, actually, the lesbian that started planning the first gay pride march was in this documentary as well, and they proposed a protest that is now the gay pride march. They were terrified, like we had already mentioned, to march with signs saying they were gay and they were proud. They had no speakers planned and they wanted to get to Central Park. They had 100 to 120 people. 
They got bomb threats. They got shooting threats. And they started walking up 6th Avenue. And let me tell you, when there's a man that talks about this in the documentary, and he still thinks about this, and he cries. And he said, they were walking up 6th Avenue. It started as 100 to 120 people. By the end of it, it ended up being 2,000 people had joined them. Yes, tears. He's (laughs) probably 70 or so. And he said, we were ourselves for the first time. And like, I'm like trying not to cry again. (laughs) That's the last thing. That's the last note that I made about the documentary. And and I'm watching this documentary as a 28-year-old, and I'm watching these men and women now in their 70s with these rights that we have. Mm-hmm. Like, if I wanted to marry a woman, I could do that. You know, and I know it's not easy to medically transition if you're a trans person. You have to go through all of these hoops still, but there are ways you can medically transition. You can get top surgery. You can get bottom surgery. You could do hormone replacement therapy. Like, imagine trying to do that pre-Stonewall or even after Stonewall. I'm not saying Stonewall was the, you know what I mean? Like, snap, mm-hmm. everything is fixed. Yeah. But it was the major turning point. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have pride. I, I love that. Like, it it all has to start with someone. And good job. You guys are brave. Yeah. And, and I love that. And a lot of these people said, like, we walked in civil rights and they turned around and walked with us yes i love that i love that the black panthers came and helped them yeah that's fucking awesome like let's group together the teamwork yeah the oppressed lift the oppressed as well you know you see injustice being done to a group of people you help them because you know how it feels you know Mm -hmm. absolutely so yeah that is the story of stonewall and of those people and again that is called stonewall uprising it is a pbs documentary there's also a really good little new york times video on youtube and it talks about some of the myths dispelled about stonewall and some of the myths and truths and again i think it's very important that we maintain those truths and correctly honor the people that are involved absolutely Like, there's no harm in saying that Marsha P. Johnson threw the first brick, but the people that were there say they don't even think there were bricks thrown. They threw stones and pebbles, but they don't even think there were bricks thrown. So Mm -hmm. it's just important to correctly remember and honor history as we would expect. We would hold those standards to other people and other sides as well, even if they don't. Let's get our history right. Yes, even if they don't maintain (laughs) the same standard. Right, because if you don't do that, then it it starts to turn into urban legends, and it just takes a lot of the credibility and power away. Exactly, right. And I'm very, like I said, privileged, but I am grateful and I am moved to be I am just now getting to the point where I feel my place in the queer community because for so long I felt erased from the queer community because even though I am a queer woman I felt that because I was with a straight man that I was invalid and I'm 
from talking with one of my friends that is gay and just being more involved in the GRSM community, a lot, there is some bi and pan erasure in the community and there's some biphobia. And of course there are problems within the community, but I have really the past year, I've always, even from, I mean, I've always known that I was bisexual, but when I learned about pansexual, which really they're, some people, it's semantics in my opinion, but some people, yeah, agreed. Some people really disagree with that, but you know, I they're they're part of the same facet, <laughs> and I just always pan sat with me because like I don't give a fuck who you are, what gender you identify with, what's between your legs. That doesn't I don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. any of that, and so I've always known that I was queer in some way, and. Mm-hmm. But this year now being 28 and having known this for, you know, 15 years about myself and feeling like sitting with that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And deciding that this is my, I'm not going to go to pride this year because I'm still not comfortable with that amount of people because of COVID pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that when I am ready, I would like to go to my first pride and celebrate the fact that I am pansexual and not let the fact that I am with a straight man take any of that away from me. Ooh, I want to go with. I'm down. (laughs) You know, and so whether you are out or not out or straight or you're a straight ally or you are queer, asexual, whatever you identify as. We have to look to the past to appreciate how far we've gotten and also how much work there is left to do. I have unfortunately seen so many videos, especially on TikTok, of these young people coming out to their parents and being so shunned and told they're going to go to hell. So clearly we have so much work left to do. But it's so important to see how far we've come in such a short amount of time and look and how optimistic the future looks for the next generation as well. Absolutely. I've even said like, I'm totally cool with my kids being however they want. But the one thing I feel like I, I probably need to grow on is transsexuals, not because I have any problems with it. It's just, I think if my kids came out and said they wanted to have all those surgeries and stuff. Like transgender. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, transgender. If they wanted to have all those surgeries and stuff, I like, I still love you the way you are. That's a lot of surgery that like could lead to death. And I don't, do you want to go through all that pain and like be really, really sure. But but other than that, I don't care. I think it's natural to be worried about someone when they undergo surgery. And I think this is a, a, like a long conversation, but I think a really natural place to start would just be with hormones, which are just pills and shots, you know, which would be easy. And I know that they still have to be a certain age to go through things. So I think living, as on the the gender they identify as for a while before mm-hmm. like they're not going to come out and then be ready for surgery the next day you know so yeah if I had a child that said hey mom I identify as let's say a male but they were born biologically female but they're a male I would say okay so we'll use he him pronouns what would you like me to call you? So let's call you by a different name and then live as a male and change Mm -hmm. the male clothing. Let's cut your hair and then do that for a long time. And then when you turn 18, we'll start talking about, you know, 
all of these things that start to come when you start being 18, 19 and into your 20s. Mm-hmm. And now you've lived as a male for a long time. But I think the most I think aside from surgery and HRT, the most important thing you can do is affirm your child, use the proper pronouns. Mm-hmm. And just love them through it because it's a journey. Like I see so many people just like experience, like, okay, I figured out my sexuality. And then all of a sudden they're having a gender crisis. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, there were human beings are so complex where yeah, I'm fortunate. Exactly. I've never had a gender crisis, but a sexuality crisis. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Like, I don't know, man, I can't stop you when you're 18. But even 18, like, I feel like there was so much I didn't know about myself at that point. Like, give it some time. Yeah, I do feel like, you know, I with like gender and sexuality, though, if your kid is born in the wrong body, they're going to know that really soon. And you're going to know because that's your kid. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Thank and the, the one thing I can be really thankful for is at least we live in this day and age where people are getting more and more open-minded with these things. So it's not like I hope I won't really have to worry about my kids being picked on as much because I'm sure there's a lot of this stuff that'll be happening with other children as my kids are growing up. Absolutely. And transgender people have existed since the beginning of time. We're just now being more open about it. Mhm. So I think having these conversations is good because I think hiding behind like oh you should know about this you you know mm-hmm. you should be educated but we're speaking on it these conversations need to be have out in the open mm-hmm. and not just after you're educated because people need to learn together you know yeah like what if somebody else is having these thoughts or these issues with their child okay let's talk about it what yeah. you know what concerns and i'm not an expert but i do know someone right now actually that I met them as one gender and now they are transitioning to another gender and I want to be as supportive as I can for them. You know, I knew them as one name and now they're another name. And if you fuck up, just apologize and move Mm -hmm. on, you know, (laughs) right. And do your best to respect the pronouns. And I think that another thing, if you are ever needing that, I mean, just seek out content creators that are Mm -hmm. you don't have to go like don't ever go to a trans person and be like educate me on this because there's (laughs) more people doing it on the internet already right you know so but I think that's a really good conversation to have maybe if there is a trans person that ever caught wind of this that would like to come on and talk about their experiences but from that'd be awesome yeah but from what I understand people know from when they can understand what their gender is they have Mm -hmm. felt wrong you know so I think that again the most important thing you can do is love your child and if that's something you think you'll struggle with don't have kids (laughs) yeah absolutely like I mean you heard me say like I just don't want you to go through surgery but I will still love you no matter what get to that point right right so thank you for joining us for this history of pride and of stonewall if you would like to follow us on socials, our Facebook and Instagram, our oddest is hottest and our Twitter is oddest hottest. I will never not be upset about that. <laughs> like I'm, if I ever see that user active again, I might just be like, can we just have it? You don't get on Twitter <laughs> that much. Like, please, please. They're going to make us pay for it. 
probably I just know it. You're like, yeah, yes, you can have it. Capitalism. For $200. <laughs> right, exactly. Honestly, I'll probably pay it eventually. Right? <laughs> You're like, it just pisses me the fuck off. Yeah, it just makes me mad. But, anyways, if you need anything as far as email goes, it is oddest.hottest at gmail.com. We are also now on Pandora. If that's a preference for you, you can hit that up. And Apple's being a little bitch, so one day. <laughs> per usual yeah but other than that happy pride we hope you had a wonderful pride month obviously it's not just one month but it is the one month where we get to really hone in on all that rainbow and <laughs> have to kind of put the shields on to all of the capitalist propaganda or give into mm -hmm. it a little bit i bought a pride candle from bath and body works so. <gasps> it smells so good <laughs> i got it too did you get the rainbow confetti one or yes. the other one? Yeah. Rainbow confetti one. It smells so good and fruity. It does yeah. smell really good. <laughs> yeah. And then I bought a little, the pride flag with all of the colors on it and the pan flag from Target from their dollar section. So. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm digging into the commercialism just a little bit. I only spent like $15 total. So How dare you. I know. <laughs> But you know what? If you bought Pride merch, I hope you enjoy that Pride merch and you wear exactly. it out proud, whether it's June or November or whatever. I hope you had a wonderful Pride month, whether you are out and proud or you're still not out. It's okay. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so we're both proud of you. Exactly. Agreed. Happy Pride month, even though we're almost at the end. Sorry about that, you guys. But we still don't really have an ending to this. So Bye. Bye. <laughs>